Well, let me tell you, I have a packed show. And it's been a packed morning. And we all got here uh, through the storm. I can't remember the storm, name of the storm. Can I just check, uh, Jerry, um, um, Seamus, which uh, mic here am I on this one? Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is Gemma Curran. Gemma, what was the name of the storm we came through? Uh, storm Babette. Babette. Okay, so we all got here nice and safe through the storm uh, Babette. I have a, a, a full house for you today. Um, we'll be talking to Joe McCarrick, uh, four minutes, 12 seconds. Now, that's not how long we'll be talking to Joe. We'll be talking to Joe for longer, but the name of his production, the Yetlone Little Theatre, will be four minutes, 12 seconds. And trust me, it's it's worth watching. We'll also be talking to um, Jason King, and Jason is judging Famine Forex uh, in the uh, National Famine Museum in Strokestown Park, and that's on on Sunday, the 22nd of October. And it's on at 3.30, it's on in the afternoon, and it will need the audience participation as well. So if you want to be part of that, it seems really interesting. Actually, both of them, um, the 4 minutes 12 seconds and the judging famine frolics both need audience uh, to take part in or at least be aware of or at least be thinking of or what would you do in the situation and um I just want to say hello to a few people. I want to wish Niall and Podrick uh, all the best with the Grammy Awards. Um, what will be, what will be, I think I've got it right boys, but if I haven't, um, uh, once again, um, Niall and Porrick um, uh, the Grammy Awards wish you all the best Jason happy birthday fly you to the moon and back yes we will and a big thank you to Nora and Maureen for my boots I absolutely adore them the artwork was fantastic and uh, thank you ever so much and I suppose I better say hello to the devil on the night hello Benny Thank you very much uh, for the, being the devil on the night. <laughs> You're OK. Gemma's laughing. Gemma knows what it was about. <laughs> Listeners, here we are. We have Gemma Kern. Gemma is a freelance um, um, playwright, actress, journalist. She studied journalism. She studied... Um, what else have you studied in this area? Um, well, I did, I did journalism for four years and I've been learning to be an actor pretty much my whole life so <laughs> I suppose that's the way of it I think, I think that's something that's being an actress is something that's ongoing being a journalist I suppose it's, it's not something that you can yeah. ever finish no that's very true mm. the minute you think you have it all learnt you, you you fail at it I think so Gemma you're from Mullingar originally well in a roundabout way um, my grandmother is originally from Mullingar my my, my uh, great grandfather actually used to own a, a shoe shop in the middle of Mullingar really um, yeah we found that out um, when we were looking through the census we didn't realise but um, she fell in love with a man from from rural Dublin at the time which was Dundrum would you believe <laughs> Dundrum was rural in the 50s it was and um, f- fell in love and uh, then we ended up moving back to Mullingar so it was kind of like a homecoming. Um, so not technically a, a blow-in, kind of a, a, a returner, okay. which is uh, the, the way I like to look at it. Uh, but Mullingar is definitely home. Yeah, it's a great art movement, hasn't it? Oh, my goodness. We're, I mean, we're blessed with the talent that we have um, in, in all walks of life. I mean, particularly in the music industry. I mean, y- y- wow. We, we really punch above our weight. Um, and, of course, in acting, we have, you know, Neve Alger, wonderful actress 
Um, who's oh, Jim and Kern. Well, and Jim Kern, well, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I have can to I big in- up myself. <laughs> can I introduce you to her? <laughs> She's sitting here on the arts program on Mass FM. I am indeed. Yes, you're right. Um, yes, I suppose. Uh, it's, it's hard to say that about yourself, though, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. Um, Just let, let, let me track back. Um, were you always interested in acting? Um, I think the way my parents would describe it was I was always dramatic. And um, <laughs> that sounds acting. Yes, it does. Um, it's it's funny because the first show I did, um, I it was in senior infants, and I fell off the stage. I was doing um, I was doing a dance, and I fell off the stage, and I fell into my teacher's lap. So it took about nine years for me to get on the stage again. <laughs> um, and by that time, we'd moved to Mullingar, and um, I saw open auditions for. Mullingar student players and they were doing Les Miserables and I said ooh that sounds interesting um, and I was about 13 years old and you know uh, you know what they say you got you got bitten by the bug oh I got bit I I really got bit by the bug doing that show and it completely changed well, the course of my whole life I suppose um, that, that's a big production oh it was a lot and, and a barricade and a bunch of teenagers messing on a barricade we weren't messing. No, sorry. No, um, I don't you want were, anyone. You were taking part we as, were, yeah. as planned. Yes, we were. And we, we adhered to all of the safety guidelines. <laughs> Just to be sure. They're actually doing um, a new production of it this year. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see uh how all they the, interpret this. Well, yeah, just to see all the the, the new up and comers and and get to really enjoy what what they do with Lemiz. So I think that's uh, quite and, wonderful. And you have been on the awards scene, the circuit. Well, you, you are actually at the moment. Yes, I I'm very fortunate to be um, the lead in a short film called Soulmate Wanted. Um, we had our premiere in Rhode Island at the Rhode Island International Film Festival which was kind of um, amazing <laughs> Can I just ask you Rhode yeah. Island isn't in Mullingar No, no it's, 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 um, it's, it's a bit of a ways you wouldn't, you wouldn't walk it um, the Atlantic's in the way but okay. um, <laughs> What you got there? Well, well uh, you know we didn't actually get to go over um, but we are going to Kerry which is even more exciting we're off to Killarney on Saturday um, for our Irish premiere and I could not be more excited to to share Gwen with everyone um, who's the lead character she's she's a lovely character just give us a little introduction to Soulmate um, so Soulmate <coughs> Wanted is about um, a woman called Gwen um, she's and you are Gwen I'm playing Gwen yes I am um, if you if you like me I'm in the film a lot so um, <laughs> she um, has been having a very rough time it's kind of um, mid-COVID and she um, buys a picture of her soulmate off of Etsy and decides that she's going to go and, and, and find her soulmate with some wanted posters with his face on them. And that's what, the st- <laughs> that's what it's about. It's a really funny movie. It's also incredibly sweet. There's some very sad bits, but at the end of the day, you'll, you'll come out of it smiling. You so, can't help but like the character and her journey. Absolutely. I remember reading her and going, oh, I have to play her. I love her too much. I have to play this character. So 
Because I wanted to be mates with her. That's always a nice thing when you read a script. Yeah, and, and the way you describe her journey, just the bit that you have, it's an up and down journey. So you want yeah. to be supportive there for the laughs and there to help when she's... Yeah, yeah. And she's so, having a hard so that's time. heading to Kerry to the awards. It is indeed. It's heading to Kerry, and um, it's oh, Your oh no, sorry. I thought, I thought the phone. I was like, oh my goodness, someone ringing in the middle. We have a call oh, in. Oh yeah, we have a call in. It's on the on the. Um, let me see if I can answer. Hello, how are you? Can you hear me? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I took hello. Webridges is not on the line. You're through to the arts program on Ross FM. Okay. Webridges, I don't know what's happened to them, but they say they like the program. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. It must be for you, Gemma. Oh well. Okay, but that's okay. nice. <laughs> I think it. it. I think it's. I think it's more for you, Ursula. But I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, soulmate wanted is it's it's uh, it's it's going to be a, a, a great uh, day on, on and, Saturday. And has that finished doing the rounds of being on stage or? Is it coming? No, it's only really starting. So, um, you know, we've it's it's the first time that an Irish audience is going to get to see it on on Saturday, which is great. Um, and I also was part of a, another uh, short film called. Just before you oh, go on yes. with that one, um, when Soulmate is doing the rounds, uh, Gemma, will you keep me up to date on that? Oh, I'd be delighted too. Absolutely. Come in our area, we'll 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 go back and and, and uh, recheck in with you. I'll and be see. I'll be telling the whole Midlands when it's on. Okay. <laughs> Now you were part of another award-winning. Oh well, yes, we're going back a ways. It's about, <coughs> it, I can't quite believe it, but it's about ten years ago, um, and I was a tiny part of Moon Boy. Um, I was very lucky to to be in the second series, and I was one of Fidelma's uh, friends in that, and I also was um, a part of the 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 wedding, <laughs> Fidelma's wedding as well, um, and that of course won an international Emmy, which is. Amazing, and we have a famous character involved in this. Um, oh, the great Chris O'Dowd, and of, he's in Boyle at the moment. He's in Boyle. He's making he's making his next series. I cannot wait to see it because um, he always makes things with that are that are gas, but also have such heart. So I'm very excited to see what what um, happens in in this new one. And you won an award in that um, film. So oh, you won an award? Um, no, no, no. We we just have been in a few festivals. Just, so, yeah. but um, still doing the rounds. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, and um, I'm in another short film called Good Grief. I play a small part in it. Um, that was actually is it's a student film from um, IADT, and it's going to Waterford and it's going to the Richard Harris Festival in Limerick as well. So it's it's um, it's been a. a a busy end of the year with all this, the the short films. It's very exciting. And, um, and just can I ask you something? Do the awards come up at a certain time of the year? Like, uh, like no, we have Christmas in December. And we know that that's going oh, to happen. Yeah. Um, no, each each uh, uh, kind of festival has its own kind of set time in the year. So. Um, you always have the kind of the same kind of week each year so it just it, they, it's a bit like the carnivals or yeah it'd yeah. be it'd be like it's just kind of you, you go on a circuit you kind of go to a few different festivals and things like that but they all have their own week it's not that it all yeah. comes together at one 
no. time of the year. <laughs> Thanks be to God. <laughs> exactly. Could you imagine? You'd be hopping from one end of the country to the other. You'd be wrecked. Um, <laughs> and keep changing your outfit to get to the next time. Oh my goodness! I just, well, I just be like, I put a different, I put a different cardigan on, um, and now it's a new outfit. No. That would be, be the only way around it. But uh, so, now tell us. Um, when we, we touched on, on have you something come have you anything coming up that you can chat about at the moment no I know you mightn't be able to well I mean one thing that we can definitely chat about is uh, something that's coming up at Christmas which I, I had a, a small part in but I have to give all the credit to Don Mortel oh yes Don yes he's doing um, an amazing character an amazing man he's not a character he's a real person he is yes he, sorry <laughs> It's very much real. And he has, does a lot in the arts. He does a huge amount for the arts. And he is after putting together a Westmeath Christmas Carol where people from throughout the county of Westmeath and beyond are doing small excerpts from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, and I'm very fortunate to have been a part of it. It's going to be a really lovely thing for the whole community to to have this year and going forward um, and yeah he's a great man for putting it all together um, but it's it's yeah it's very exciting and is he part of this um, filmmaker collective or yes I, um, I don't know what you call yourselves Westmead Filmmakers Collective um, I co-founded it with um, Liam Hall Walsh um, last year actually in October last year wow we're great we're a year old Wow. Happy birthday to you. Very exciting. Um, and the idea was um, to kind of uh, push filmmakers and um, people who hadn't necessarily worked in film yet but wanted to together um, so they could create work in Westmead. Because we realised that I'd, I'd never met Liam um, even though we were both working in the arts and we were from Westmead. Um, we just happened to meet each other and we said, well, we better we start something because all the talent is there. We just need to get people to know each other. So that was the idea behind it. And can I tell you, I think that's a huge disadvantage within the art mm. movement. Absolutely. I know a lot of artists who I've never met. Yes. Now, I'm fortunate in the fact that I do... Um, the arts programme so I get to meet a lot of artists but I am aware of I only come in here on a Wednesday mm. so I don't meet artists that would be around maybe giving a workshop in uh, Roscommon let's say on a Monday because I'm not in Roscommon yeah. and I know there's um, different things happening in the uh, Roscommon Arts Centre but I'm not at that so I don't get to meet the artists Yes, and I can understand what you're saying. Like you're all doing the same job, but you're all doing it in a different spot in the county. Yes, or we we end up in you know Dublin, where it's harder to meet each yes. other because that's where more work is. So the idea was get people to know each other and get them to start making work in 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 the ta in the different towns and areas. Like there were so many people that I got to meet through doing this who are incredible incredibly talented mm. and I'm determined to make something with them I just have to I just determined have to write it. What it is I just have to yeah I just have to <laughs> to be determined <laughs> sometimes it's easier to keep your mouth shut yeah it's true yeah but, probably is <laughs> but but then you give yourself a, a, a boost by saying it's like oh I have to do that so yeah um but it also of course we're it, the the 
the idea was that um, Hammer Lake Studios was meant to be opening in Mullingar um, in I think it's next year um, which is a, a brand new state of the art um, very eco-conscious um, film studio um, that's being run by Tom Dowling um, but it's it's going to be I think it's going to be one of the biggest sound stages in Europe. So um, the whole idea was like, we're going to have a film studio down the road. Um, we have actresses and actors and screenwriters and playwriters yeah. and um, studio people, etc., etc. here. Exactly. We want to make sure that... Um, we have a good chance of getting involved as well exactly it'd mm. be lovely to help people who, from the local area get a, get a shot at, at, at working there um, so that's another thing on top of it but it's also just to create community um, it is a collaborative art at the end of the day and it's hard to collaborate if you don't have anyone to do it with and a place absolutely I think that's another thing that's missing is a place to come together to sit down and just chat ideas they don't have to be Majors, just chat ideas and yeah. see what comes out of it. A hundred percent, absolutely. Because um, talking through things is how you end up creating Putting something together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and sometimes again, that the chat influences something else. Mm. You know. So, um, how have you found your town here on the, on, on the arts program? Well, I've loved it. I've loved finally getting to meet you. It's very exciting for me. <laughs> I don't think it's that. No, we've been Facebook friends for nearly a year now. It's very we nice really to have meet. Not. We have. We have. Since you set up that uh, collective. Yes. And what did you call them again? Westmeath Filmmakers Collective. Westmeath. Now, it's not just for people from Westmeath. We do have um, networking events throughout the year. Um, our last one was actually during Culture Night. We had a, a mini film festival called the Gimme a Minute Film Festival. So every film that was shown in it had to be three minutes or less. So um, we had a two-hour program with 52 shorts in it. It was very, it was really, and I have to say, it was a beautiful thing getting and to. And who was in charge of running the program? I was I was looking at all of the, the films and making sure <laughs> that, that, that they, uh, there, there wasn't anything uh, too you, bad in it. <laughs> well, I was thinking more along the lines, how did you get them all running on time? Oh well, I put them all together in a in a in a file, so um, it would run one into the other, and I made sure that it it ran. I think I played it about twenty times to make sure that it would run and not collapse. So it was yeah, it was very important. And do you have um, where have you got in Mullingar that you can uh, put this on stage? Well, we were very fortunate. We were in the Ambrook um, for a culture night because... Um, Beautiful place, the Ambrook. A really lovely place and they were great. And a really wonderful supporter of the group as well has been Columbia Bar in Mullingar. Um, they've given us the space for most of our networking events and Ross is fantastic in there. Um, so we have a lot of supporters in the town and um, hopefully we just keep growing. And more importantly, we need to have an athlone night. So we're going to work on that as well. And a Ross Common night. And a Ross Common night, absolutely. We're going to work on that. Uh, Gemma, we're coming near the end of, of time. Time flies you know, when you're on this programme. I could sit and chat with you for another half hour at least. <laughs> Tell yeah. us again, are you on Facebook? You're on social media? I am indeed. I am Gemma Curran or Curran Gemma on uh on Instagram because uh, there's another Gemma Curran got there before me oh. and um, also if you'd like to follow uh, Westmead Filmmakers where we have a group on Facebook 
and Westmead Filmmakers Collective on Instagram. Or you can just contact us on westmeadfilmmakers at gmail.com. Okay, that's fine. Can I wish you all the best? Oh, thank you so much. On for behalf of me. myself and everybody else that's tuned in, uh, don't you agree, listeners? Yes, you do. We want to wish you all the best in um, in Kerry. Thank Soulmate. you. Soulmate. There's another bit to the soulmate. Soulmate wanted. Soulmate wanted. I hope you're successful. Oh, it'd be lovely. For the awards as well as the soulmate wanted. <laughs> I'm covering everything there. And Gemma, you know, you're always welcome uh, on the arts programme whenever. Oh, well, I'll take you up on that. I had a great time. <laughs> and we'll come back to you um, maybe in a couple of months' time and see where uh, the Westmead Film Makers Collect- Collective is and um, what's happening with them. Sure, I'd be delighted to. Thank you so much, Ursula. That's uh, Gemma Kern. And as I said, you can uh, follow her on uh, social media uh, and an actress that um, I think anyway would be bringing me to Hollywood with her because she needs somebody to carry her bags yes <laughs> after she wins all these awards Gemma <laughs> safe talking back to Dublin thank you not Mullingar but um, not today not I'll be today. back in Mullingar next weekend <laughs> okay um, thank you very much Gemma thank you now so welcome back to the arts programme that was Gemma Curran I'm absolutely delighted to uh, be chatting with Jason King. Let me find the right button. Everybody that knows me knows I'm not a great computer expert. Uh, am I speaking to Jim? Gem- I'm sorry. Am I speaking to Jason King? Hello, Jason. Hello. Good afternoon. Thank you for for having me. Thank you for joining us on the on the arts program, um, Jason. Um, let me just introduce you to our listeners. Jason will be coming to the National Famine Museum in Strokestown Park on Sunday, October the 22nd. And I'll say it again, um, Judging Famine Frolics will be on at 3.30 in the afternoon. It's not a nighttime event, it's an afternoon event. So now, um, um, Jason, can I ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself? What's your organisation? And, and, uh, and I know you're from Canada originally. That that's correct. I, I am from Canada originally, so I've been uh, in in Ireland since uh, 1997, and I work for the Irish Heritage Trust, which uh, operates the National Famine Museum at Strokestown Park. And as you mentioned, we're bringing uh, a free performance to Strokestown Park on Sunday, October 22nd at 3:30 p.m., which is a play by Anthony Russell. Uh, performed by our partners at New Point Players, and the play is called Judging Balance Follies. Now, this, this is play, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because it's very different. You want the audience to be part of it as well. That's, that's right. This is a, a play that is very much uh, involves uh, audience participation. It's part of a larger project called the Shared Island Heritage Forum, which is funded by the Department of Foreign Affairs, Civic the Department of Foreign Affairs Shared Island Civic Society Fund. And the kind of idea of this uh, this program is to really build connections between the Irish Heritage Trust and the National Famine Museum and heritage organizations in Northern Ireland. So as part okay. of this project, we've, we've partnered with New Point Players, who are based in Newry, and their writer-in-residence, Anthony Russell, who specializes in, in, in plays that are, that are, are kind of trials of historical figures and in this case the play Judging Famine Follies invites the audience to come and uh, judge the conduct of a number of Irish landlords during the Great Irish Famine both in terms of their response to the Great Hunger but also in terms of the 
the historic houses and monuments that they created in that period. So one of the landlords, who will feature, of course, is Major Dennis Mann, the, uh, the landlord at Strokestown Park, the first landlord to be assassinated in Ireland on November the 2nd, 1847. But there'll be another number of other landlords uh, who will feature in the play, or we might call it the kind of the trial or tribunal as well, Lord Londonderry, uh, Lord Dufferin, Lady Londonderry, uh, and Lord Brownlow, to name a few. So the, the idea is that the play is supposed to be a... Uh, both educational and fun. It's a, a kind of, uh, it takes the form of a tribunal <coughs> where the landlords are, um, for lack of a better word, prosecuted for their actions uh, during the Great Irish Famine uh, and the monuments that they erected, and then the landlords themselves in costume defend themselves. And then at the end of the play, the audience votes on whether the landlord's monument is merited or not. Jason, so, can, can I just go back there? I think you said there was something like seven actors or actresses. I believe it's eight actors, I, in okay. fact, uh, so it's a okay. fairly large cast. And each and, of them uh, will represent um, a building or a monument. That's correct. So right. Strokestown Park, in the case of Strokestown, <coughs> will be uh, one of the monuments uh, featured in the tribunal. Some others uh, from Northern Ireland that, that, that your listeners might or might not know would be Strabo Tower, or, sorry, Strabo Tower, which really dominates the skyline uh, in, in, uh, uh, quite near Belfast, the uh, Helen's Tower, which is associated with, uh, with Lord Dufferin, um, Garin Tower, which is associated with uh, Lady Londonderry. Each of the, the landlords in the play have some sort of monument uh, or historic house associated with them. For example, in uh, in Northern Ireland, Lord Londonderry um, expanded quite significantly the Mount Stewart estate, now operated and owned by the, the National Trust Northern Ireland, beautiful historic house, but one that uh, really took shape in, the, in, in 1847 when he invested £15,000 renovating his house. So, you know, the trial explores that in, in, in relation to his, uh, his, his famine relief policies, what he did to alleviate the, the suffering on his estate. Okay, and then um, what about in the south of Ireland? Is there any other in the Midlands apart from, let's um, say, Strokestown, the National Fanyan Museum and Strokestown Park, Strokestown House? Uh, <coughs> for judging famine follies, uh, Strokestown Park House would be the uh, the property from the Midlands. The, <coughs> really, this is a play that uh, explores uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland historical connections. So a number of the properties are, 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 are in Northern Ireland as well. A number of the landlords are Northern Ireland as well. So of course, at the time in 1847, there was no Northern Ireland. It was all uh, <coughs> part of the... I'd actually Northern forgotten Ireland. that, Jason. <laughs> you caught me on the hop there, so yeah, I'd literally forgotten that it was all one. Now, each landlord, I'm sorry, did you say there was a landlady? Is uh, there, is sorry, there, did you repeat the question? Is, is there a, a landlady or are they all landlords? Well, there, there is, uh, in fact, uh, the landlady, uh, Lady Londonderry. Okay. She's the wife of Lord Londonderry, but she's very much a historical figure in her own right. Uh, Lady Londonderry did uh, oversee a number of, of soup kitchens and, and relief measures in 1847 and also is closely associated with, um, with Garen Tower, now St. Killian's College in, the, in, in, in Northern Ireland, right on the Antrim Coast Road. And she actually had a monument to her carved in stone 
on the Antrim Coast Road, which is uh, quite dangerous to try to visit as it's mm-hmm. literally there on the road. I tried to photograph it a couple of years ago, but you really have to wait for a break in the traffic, take your 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 your, your photographs very quickly, as uh, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, a, a lot of cars uh, moving at, at, at high speed. Yes, it would be a busy. So it's, it's a busy area up there, and it's scenic it's as well. It's quite a busy area. I wouldn't recommend getting no. out of your vehicle, <laughs> but if it's quiet, you can sort of pull up alongside it and, and, and take a quick uh, take a quick photograph. But you know, the point is, <clears throat> during the, the Great Hunger, the Antrim Post Road itself was, uh, was 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 largely constructed. Uh, you know, what we might call one of the more useful famine relief projects from the period. Like the famine roads, this roads to nowhere kind of useless projects are are very well remembered uh, as as one of the kind of defining features of the Great Irish Famine. But there were some projects that were that were more useful than others, and I think in the case of the the Antrim Coast Road, we, we might we might think that would be one of them. Okay, and um, the idea is that the audience will be the judge. Um, uh, without telling us exactly how that happens, do you have to? Yeah, so it's. The, the play takes the form of a, of a tribunal, <coughs> so in a sense, the audience plays the role of the jury. They see the kind of the prosecution of each landlord, the defense of each landlord in the course of uh, judging famine follies. And at the, at the end of the production, there's a secret ballot where the audience votes on whether or not the, uh, the monument associated with the landlord is justified or not. So it's uh, it's very much a kind of audience participatory play in that sense. It's the audience who sort of decides on the landlord's conduct, casts judgment, renders a verdict at the end of uh, at the end of the play. Uh, and I should make the point: um, the production coming to Strokestown on Sunday, October twenty second at three thirty p.m. is part of a larger tour. It premiered in uh, in Newry on October seventh. After uh, it, after its performance in Strokestown, it goes to Brownwell House, Lurgan Castle, uh, in, in in Northern Ireland on November third, and then the play will conclude on Saturday, the November uh, November eleventh, in Carnlock in Northern Ireland in the Londonderry Arms Hotel, which is a very fitting venue as it was one that was actually built by Lady Londonderry in eighteen forty seven. Okay. And my point is that <coughs> each of these performances, the verdict might well be different from the audiences in these different locations. In fact, you might find a more sympathetic audience to the London Dairies, uh in a place like Carnlock that's closely associated with them, but that's, you know, that's part of the, the fun of this production, the kind of the judgment changes each time it's performed uh, and uh, as a kind of reflection of, of, the, of the audience on the day. And will there be a review of the Judge and Famine Frolics? Um, will there be an overall review of what, um, not necessarily what each... Um, venue uh, voted, but what the outcome or the overall feeling of um, the, uh, the the voting public? Well, it, it will sort of live on in the memory of the production, but it's not, you know, it's not recorded beyond the, the verdict on, on the day, so it's... Uh uh, you know, each each performance, as I said, will will have a, a different uh, jury, a different audience. In a sense, it will render quite probably a different judgment each time, and then uh, the standalone. Uh, it's more or less a standalone uh, judgment. That's right. Each one is a standalone judgment, <coughs> but uh, but but you know the the kind of the memory of each performance will live on, and uh, and the kind of 
the the question of who is more favorable to which landlord is one that will be fascinating to, to discover. Well, I would actually I'm, I'm find that very fascinating myself because there's two stories to it, really. It's um, how the landlord acted with his tenants during the famine and then what is the landlord's legacy with his architecture, with his... Um, lasting legacy I suppose is, is the word the, the physical les- leg- legacy uh, and I would find that very um, interesting to, um, uh, to to see what people would think of that That's absolutely right, I mean one of the sort of uh, uh, ideas behind this uh, this production of Judging Salmon Follies is really to uh, invite people to reflect on the, the historical origins of heritage sites that often are, are quite valuable and important to us today. You know, Mount Stewart Estate, uh, operated by the National Trust in Northern Ireland, is, a, is an absolutely beautiful historic house, but it's unlikely that if you visited there, you would know much about its expansion and uh, uh, it, it's, its its origins during the famine period in 1847. And the same is true, I think, of uh, places like Helen's Tower, um, operated by the Irish Landmark Trust. Now, these are, in a sense... Uh, historic sites, heritage sites that largely originated during the famine period, but often ones that don't really call attention to to that fact. The National Famine Museum in Stroke Sound Park would be an exception, of course. You can't visit the National Famine Museum without thinking about uh, uh, the Great Irish Famine. But even there, you know, the Stroke Town Park uh, house, which was the the nerve center of, of the estate in 1847, is one of these uh, monumental Palladian mansions, which is beautiful to visit. Um, and one that you wouldn't necessarily think about its connections with the Great Irish Famine if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't immediately beside the, the, the National Famine Museum. So you know, a lot of these historic <coughs> sites and heritage properties do have very strong famine associations that judging famine volleys encourages the audience to think about and cast judgment upon. So can I just check again, um, Jason? Judging Famine Frolics will be in the National Famine Museum in Strokestown Park on Sunday, 22nd of October. That's this coming Sunday. At this 3... coming Sunday yeah. at uh, 3.30pm. And I do want to emphasize this is a free performance. So we would like to welcome uh, people to come and, and, and see it and uh, enjoy the show and cast and, and can I just ask you, do you have to book, do you know, or should I check with Strokestown House? No, there, there's no booking required. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, a walk-in performance. Just turn up at 3.30 and you'll be very welcome. Well, I suppose you need to turn up a little bit before 3.30 if you're well, going yes, to be on yes. stage. Yes, <laughs> as somebody that went on stage Maybe. myself, 3.30 is when we're going on stage. <laughs> Too late yes, to be turning up. Yes, you arrive by 3.30, <clears> I suppose, to, yeah. to have time. Well, I suppose you have time to turn up there and have a cup of tea and wander Absolutely. around and... Um, um, Maybe if you've never been to Strokestown House, it's it's um, it's kind of a, an introduction to the to the the house and the lands and uh, the vast amount of uh, open wide area that's around it as well. So um, that's right. Yeah. If, if you've never been to Strokestown Park, you should certainly uh, make a point of visiting, and this would be a, a good occasion to do so on Sunday at three uh, thirty. Okay, well, Jason, can I thank you very much um, for chatting with us on the Arts Programme on Ross FM and look forward to catching up with uh, Judging Famine Frolics uh, in Strokestown Park on Sunday, as I said. And as you said, it's a free event, um, but be there sitting in your seat at three thirty. You didn't say that, I did. You didn't say that, Jason, I did. Indeed. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much much. for having me as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
So um, that was uh, Jason King, and that sounds like an interesting event as well. So it does. Uh, you would be part of the um, part of the audience, take a part of the audience, and your judgment has uh, has an impact on the program. So, so there we are, back onto the arts program. Now, <clears throat> my next uh, guest is um, Joe McCarrick. Joe McCarrick is well known within the theatre circles in uh, Athlone and beyond. Um, been on stage, produced, directed, um, behind the scenes, whatever. So Joe is uh, the director of 4 minutes, 12 seconds. And it's um, a fast-moving um, theatre production that will be on in the Little Theatre in Athlone. And that's starting on, I think it's the 18th of... Um, of October. The first night will be, as always happens with the Little Theatre, it will be for charity. So the first night, uh, all the proceeds go towards a charity. And then from there until Sunday afternoon, there's a matinee. On Sunday afternoon, the matinee is really for people um, who um, would be able to travel in the evening time and maybe have to travel a longer journey. The play itself is not suitable for under 12 years of age and it's very much a very modern play and uh, I was delighted to catch up with Joe McCarrick in the Little Theatre on the stage uh, in Athlone and um, this is what Joe had to tell me. Uh, if I can find Joe now, where has he gone? There he is, yep. Yeah. Uh, Joe McCarrick, director of 4 minutes 12 seconds, Little Theatre in Athlone. I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to be in the Little Theatre here in Athlone. It's a beautiful little theatre, but I'm also thrilled and delighted to have Joe McCarrick with me. Joe is the director of a new play that is 4 minutes 12 seconds. No, it's not that length. That's the name of it, The name it? of the play is 4 minutes 12 seconds, but the uh, duration of the play is about an hour and a half, 90 minutes, and it goes right through from start to finish without an interval. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh Audiences will be in and out without having to worry about any sort of a long, drawn-out play. But it's, it's, it's a very contemporary play. It's a contemporary production. A lot of plays nowadays, uh, when you go to the theatre, are like that. They're, they're shorter and they go through um, without an interval. Well, you can still do the conventional <laughs> plays with full... If you, if you go back, the history of theatre, I suppose, back in Shakespearean times, you had five acts and, and multiple scenes. Then, I suppose, by the time uh, of the turn of the century, the 20th century, you were into three-act plays. Right. And then in the second half of the 20th century, you were into two-act plays. And now we're into sort of, well, you always have one-act plays, but you have longer plays that are essentially a, a full act with different scenes, multiple scenes. Now, this play has 20 scenes in it, but they move very quickly. Some of the scenes are only about maybe a couple of minutes long. But because of that nature, the nature of, of, of the play and the way it, it transpires, you have to move it along very quickly. So that calls for a very contemporary sort of a mindset when you're thinking of the, of the production. Yeah. So basically you're, you're talking about a very minimalist set and anything on the, on the stage is more of a symbolic nature rather than a real... Actual, yeah. Yeah, rather yeah. than yeah. A, a, yeah. a realist type of thing. So... So, Joe McCarrick, the director of 4 Minutes... 4 Minutes, 12 Seconds. 
Did you say six seconds there? It's four minutes, 12 seconds. <laughs> I've been running these numbers around so often, <laughs> I've, I've forgotten the title of the play. Listeners, I'll tell you what you do. Just Google the little theatre. Don't mind the yeah. director. It's four minutes, 12 seconds. Four minutes, 12 seconds is the name of the play. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a modern play. It's a modern play. It was written and first produced back in 2014 in London by this new up-and-coming playwright by the name of James Fritz. Now, I just happened to come across him. I was just Googling stuff, uh, as you do, to see what was on in London in the last number of years, uh, with a view to thinking of something new and modern that I could do here. And I came across this play, and I read the synopsis of it, and I thought, OK, that sounds interesting, because it's a very sort of a pertinent play for today's age. It's, it's very much about... Um, social media and the impact of social media and how that affects all sorts of relationships. And, uh, and I'll come back to that later when we talk about the, the substance of the play. So that, so that sort of aroused my interest in it. And then I googled him, the playwright, and I saw how he has been really, as I said, an up-and-coming star. That was his first um, production on the West End. He had been to the Edinburgh Fringe previously, which is always a great starting, starting point, point yeah. for, 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 for playwrights and performers. So... Um, he got uh, nominated for an Olivia Award with that play, which is a fairly superior mm. award. Uh, it's as good as a Tony on Broadway, okay. the Olivia Awards for London. And he also got a Critics, Critics Circle Award, for Best Newcomer uh, Playwright. Uh, that was in 2014. He was only about 27 at the time. And 10 years later, he has produced are written about three or four different plays that have all been produced now in London. Um, a lot of his work is sort of social and political. Um, for example, he did one in 2018 called Parliament Square, which was about a woman who uh, left her home and the security of her, her life in the north of England to come down to a protest outside Westminster uh, about climate change. So they're the sort of social, political issues that he deals with, which I think is very good. It's not something that we would normally have seen in a play. No. No, plays were set in the sitting room or in the... In the trend, the conventional, what we yeah. might call the conventional play was your, your what you call your, your box set, black box type of thing. You, you had your traditional, either a kitchen or a living room. No and you, you had uh, an, an, a holy picture indeed. <laughs> your, your John B. Keynes or yeah, your Brian Freeze. All of that, that had a, a certain um, structure to it. But... Um, this contemporary sort of abstract, abstract, and I wouldn't even say this is an abstract play because abstract, you're talking about Beckett and Brecht and all of those, and they've been around for quite yeah, longer than yeah. you think. No, this is a very, very... Um, while the subject is serious, it's not deep, it's not heavy, and it's very conversational. The dialogue, and that's all you get in the script. You get no stage directions. It's just the dialogue. Uh, which is also was very appealing to me because that's a that's a director's paradise because you have carte blanche to do but by the same token it also brings a lot of pressure because you you've got no guidance so you have to get it right because your set and your production your lights your sound uh, you, the, 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 the props, everything about it has to conform to the narrative of the play. So 
there can't be any room for doubt or for yeah that that's uh, that's the challenge so there's a cast of four but the way you're talking there must be a stage crew there must be we have a fabulous stage crew of about eight people yeah um do you want me to name check them? Well, if you want to. Absolutely. Well, uh, we have uh, we have a wonderful set designer, is Ekinye. Her name is Ekinye Azkarate. Uh, so she's our set designer in conjunction with Tom O'Neill, who was also uh, teamed up with her in the design and the construction of, of the set. Okay. And the set is extremely important, as is the light and sound. And that has been uh, done by Paddy Martin and John Allen. And then we have um, Michelle Kelly and Brona McCormick. Well, Michelle is my stage manager and Brona McCormick is on uh, props. But the whole lot of them are all together. together they have to come uh, together. They have like to a, come together like and they're all part of the stage yeah. setup. The cast then, uh, the, the leading lady, the, the, the main uh, person on the stage is Fiona Sherry. And she's playing the part of Di. And uh, her husband is David and that's played by John McGlynn. And there are two other characters, Cara, and that's played by Emma O'Kane. And Nick is played by Luke Hickey. Now, the play revolves around uh, an incident that happened concerning a 17-year-old. I'm not going to give too much away, but there was an incident, and that has to be dealt with. The play centres on the parents of the 17-year-old rather than on him, even though uh, his actions are central to the whole (laughs) play. But it's how the parents manage this and how the action that had taken place has uh, an effect on their relationship. On the parents' relationship? On the parents' relationship, because Mm. they have to deal with the situation. Obviously, there are ways of dealing with it, and uh, they're not always on the same page. Let's put it that way. So the, the narrative of the play follows the action from when they first discover about the incident and how they work their way through it. Okay, the, the play has an ending, but the audience can can take uh, things away from it. When they leave the theatre, I want them to ask themselves, what would they do if they were in that situation? I mean, it, it does really deal with the effects of social media and how social media, it's there, it's present in our lives, it has been for years. Our kids are ahead of the posse all the time. I think parents are always playing catch-up when it comes to social media. While social media is very um, helpful, mm-hmm. it's also quite abusive. Yes. It's a dangerous animal, mm-hmm. unless you know what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And it can have uh, very negative ramifications uh, on, on society, on life, and on, on, on how we deal with it. And I think from that point of view, it's an interesting play to see. You already have me intrigued because I want to know what the incident is and then I now want to know how I would have dealt with it. Exactly. Well, so better come and You better come and see, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a play, uh, and as I said, it's very conversational. It's by no means heavy or deep. Uh, it's not disturbing. There's nothing explicit in it. It is adult-themed. It is not for anyone under 12. Okay. So that, I'm def- that that's a, a banner I, we have that. to put up. I've seen that on the post. Uh, because it's, it's not suitable for children, apart from anything else, you know. It, it might give ideas. It, well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. not suitable. But um, it, it's, it's, um, it's something that... Uh, opens discussion. It opens discussion, yeah. And I, I, I think it's, it's relevant 
and I think it's timely. And I think it's, it's you know, you could say maybe for some that might be an elephant in the room, but uh, no matter what, uh, and I'm not saying that, 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 that this happens every day of the week, but, but I mean, in the wider circle, you know, it mightn't be this incident, but it's in, it, even in a simple thing of doing something that ends up on social media can have devastating effects. And I think you're right, you know, social media is um, with us, a big spider just sitting there on his own. Oh. Yes, a money well, spider. He's booked early, maybe. Maybe he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get the front seat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <the> spider's view. <laughs> social, or, uh, yeah, social media is, is like very much part of our lives and there's good and bad. Um, and the questions have to be asked and sometimes it's not a question. Sometimes you don't think of the questions. You know, sometimes you're at a, a work shop and the tutor asks the question, you think, I've never thought of that and I don't know yeah. the answer Well, and I suppose that there are no answers to a degree um, but people just need to be aware Yeah, they need to be aware and they need to be ahead of the posse because your kids will definitely be It just opens up the doors you know? and you just need to be and have conversations mm. I think a lack of communication a lot of people think you know, by, by not talking about it it'll go away but I, I think communication is vital and I think also trust trust and truth are, are two I, I, I said on a, on a video recently that the, the three themes of this play is responsibility, trust and truth and all of these three things are vital elements of the play but also in society because these are affected Is that video public? Uh, which video? The one that you made for the play Yes, that's on uh, Facebook on Facebook, is that the Little Theatre, Lone Little Theatre? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, you can look up at Lone Little Theatre and yeah. you'll see Joe putting together his thoughts on the play. Exactly. Now, can I just ask you, if we wanted to get tickets? Right, booking is at www.lonelittletheatre.ie and that booking is up now. It's done through Eventbrite. There is, I think, a booking fee. We are running from the 18th to the 25th. Now, the 18th is a Wednesday. It's the opening night, but that's a charity night, so the always tickets was. are... Always are that. Yeah, and uh, that's... Um, Tickets will be for sale elsewhere through, through, through I think it's the Sir that have it for yeah. the 18th, but from the 19th onwards. Now, another thing is that the Sunday is a matinee pre- performance rather than a nighttime performance. So, oh. anybody that wants to travel from Can a distance or if, if a late night doesn't suit them, uh, it's at three o'clock on the Sunday of the run. Saturday night to have a QA post production post-performance uh, Q&A uh, in the theatre if anybody wants to stay back and ask questions about the production to welcome to. So that's Saturday. Joe, can I thank you for giving us this time on um, Rossi? You're um, absolutely welcome, Marcia. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, dear. Always think of Halloween, don't we? <laughs> Always do. It's the time of year. <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin soup. The witching hour. Yeah. The pumpkin soup. Yeah. Joe, can I wish you the cast um, four minutes, 12, 12 seconds. seconds. <laughs> All the best here in the little theatre in Athlone. It's a beautiful little theatre, so it is. And um, I look forward to catching up with the play myself. Thank you very much, Arsene. If I misread you, the name of the play is 4 minutes 12 seconds. Joe McCarrick's interview wasn't 4 minutes 12 seconds. It was something more like 14 minutes and um, always a great character to chat to. I had a a song lined up here, uh, Young Fool, 
I actually had two. One was uh, by Stephen Eli on Sunway Street, and the other one was Via Rua. And do you know what? I've run out of time. The programme moves so fast, so it does. If you're going to hospital today or if you've been in and out of hospital, we wish you well. Um, Ralph, uh, Ralphie, Ralph is on... Uh, Sorry, Ralphie Ralph is on after us here on this, uh, well he's not, there's a programme in between and then he comes in as well. And um, did anyone know that Mickey Mouse's um, Walt Disney's family came from Ireland? Yes, Walt Disney's uh, family, original family, came from Ireland and are buried. You tell me next week. No prizes, answer, send them in to us, but no prizes. Um, Thank you. Tune in next Wednesday for the arts programme. Thank you to all my guests, uh, those who have been pre-recorded and those who have come into studio. And um, Mr McKiernan, we need you back in studio. Thank you. See you next week. Signing out now. Bye.